Thank you for listening to or watching another episode of SNTR Presents. This is going to be the question and answer session that followed my talk about the raid loot. Uh, if you're listening to this on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or watching on YouTube, I'm probably live right now. These typically hit YouTube around noon. The question and answer sessions hit around noon Eastern. So I'm probably live right now if you want to come in and see what we're doing and talking about. Uh, be sure to do that. The link is below. Uh, you can always follow me on Twitter as well at say no to rage or watch me live twitch.tv slash say no to rage. Basically in the talk, I took issue with the fact that it's a combined loot pool. And I also took issue with the fact that there is not uh, intrinsic or raid perks on the armor. And I felt like there were things from wrath that need pulled into all future raids, the internal economy that can be used on an extra chest, as well as rerolling your armor, having the extra chest for more loot drops, better chances at curated rolls, and then the intrinsic perks on on raid armor and the ability to re-roll armor with the with the internal economy, I think is a really, really good way forward. And then they really need to start investing in making the guns and the loot cooler and curated rolls could be a good way to do that. And then that could also be a part of that extra chest. Like when you pop that chest, it's going to cost you that currency, but you would know that there's a really high likelihood of getting the curated rolls maybe from that. And then the combined loot pool with the forge is really disappointing. You know, only four guns dropping and then the exotic. And I gave reviews of the guns basically saying most of them aren't even that good. Rocket launcher and fusion aren't aren't too hot. Everything else is is decent. And then obviously the shotgun's what everybody's going after. So overall, not extremely happy with the raid loot uh, this time around. Was excited to have a full raid. And I love the raid and it's so much fun. But the combined loot pool, lack of raid perks... Just kind of, kind of makes the the raid kind of limp, in my opinion. It's doesn't, it's not, it's not banging on all cylinders. So let's jump right into the questions here. Uh, T Sub says, "Is this game still played through in one week if I try it again?" Well, I mean, I don't know where you are, or what what status you are. This question's vague and not clear. So I, you may rephrase it and ask people in chat if you're starting all the way over and you use like a spark of light maybe but you're not going to hit max level or even close to it just with the limited drops um thanks for two months who cares i appreciate you using your prime sub here rusty says hey lona was listening to your recent round table i've been pushing for a hard cap for new raids for a while uh says here if bungie capped anything outside of scourge at 6 30 then it puts everyone on equal footing can you think of a reason that they don't want to do that it could just be too complex, like to, to have like a relative cap. I don't know. Um, I've I've said this since Wrath of the Machine. I have said this since Wrath of the Machine. Just cap everybody so nobody can get beyond the cap. Like the game literally can't drop anything beyond the cap, and then and then you just keep people there. So it's we're all on level footing going in. Now keep in mind gigs. The, you know the member the the member of tier one him and and all those guys got they got worlds first on scourge of the past right he he tweeted the exact same thing like I think he wants the same thing it's like I, I think even as someone who won worlds first it's kind of like you want everybody on a level playing field because if you get worlds first as he did and your entire team is basically over leveled for the encounters and you beat people that weren't. It doesn't take away from their achievement, but like it kind of it kind of does in a little bit. It's like, well, was it really a fair race? You know, if other teams would have been at your at your power level, if other teams would have gamed the system and had everybody above the 41 and the 46 delta except for one player. They had one player at 38. 
you know, were, uh, would the other teams maybe been closer? Would have been a closer race? Would have been a more intense race? We don't know because so few people even got to that level. So even somebody that got Worlds first can can remove his bias from the situation and say, well, I mean, yeah, we got Worlds first, but I'd like it to be a nice tight race where everybody's at the exact same power level. So I, I think that's a needed thing. Yes. Thank you for 10 months, Roy boy. Uh, welcome back to the Rageous. Happy part of the global family. Thank you so much, dude. And, and here's the thing, you know, Fitzy joked on Twitter about, oh, you know, now that I'm, now that I'm, uh, max level, I'm going to start saving everything for the next DLC, and Dylan responded and said they're looking at ways to stop that from happening, so I don't think Bungie's thrilled with the fact that people hung on to keys for the last wish and iron banner bounties and just gamed the system to get to get to levels that just weren't, they, they didn't intend people to get in that first you know, three to four days or whatever I, I still think people would have gotten over leveled. I still think people would have played a lot, would have navigated the milestones and the RNG and probably gotten pretty up there. Um, but they are looking at changing the way that it works because I, I don't think they're they're particularly satisfied with it either. And obviously the community is kind of saying, man, it'd be cool if everybody could be basically the same level, you know. So how do they not foresee this stuff's going to happen in the first place? I think at this point, I've said this many times, you're going to be like, man, Lono said this a lot. I think a lot of it just comes down to the fact that they're trying to hit us with quantity. They're trying to throw as much at us as they can, and stuff like that just slips through the cracks. Like, nobody said, hey, what if people save a bunch of Iron Banner bounties? Like, nobody said that. Iron Banner bounties giving powerful rewards was a change, a recent change, and I don't think they thought... You know what I mean? Like, oh, people want Iron Banner to be better, and so they made that change. Then Iron Banner gives a bunch of powerful rewards. Well, that's that's not going to do much if... That's not going to do much at the time for people if they're already at cap. So people just naturally save them. And... If you if you save if you save those bounties for future content and Bungie's like heavily focused on just giving us as much as they possibly can, then I can definitely see it slipping through the cracks. Quality is just going to suffer, I think, unfortunately, with this format because they're just constantly just trying to do everything they can to shove content on our plate. You know, I don't think it's the Tiger Engine either. I just again keep in mind Iron Banner bounties did not originally do that. That was a recent thing that they did and changed and then it kind of bites them in the butt on future content cuz it just slips past them. They're like not It's not like they're not paying attention. It's just not on their radar. So, Frosty Lion, top 3 things you desire most for the next year of Destiny 2. Wishful thoughts for eventual successor of Destiny 3. I mean, I hope we go back to the Dreadnought. I hope it's called the Taken Queen. I hope we have a really good raid with, you know, Savathun ascending to the to the Hive Throne and taking over the Taken Army. I think that could be really, really good. Their weapons and stuff could be pretty awesome. I would love to see the annual pass next year, the one that goes end of 2019 into 2020. I would love to see that bring back the old planets, the old raids for a big send-off of Destiny 2. That would be really, really fun. Um... And I would just really like them see, I would really like to see them blow the lid off of guns. Just give us unique perks that make them really stand out and make people really want to grind for them. Because at the moment, at the moment, a lot of the guns just, we're all grinding for an orchid, right? We're all grinding for an orchid because it can roll with like a really unique roll. That should communicate something 
to Bungie, right? A hand cannon that can get Rampage stacked on top of Kill Clip with Drop Mag. That's the only gun like that in the game, and everybody's chasing it, right? Maybe not everybody. Maybe you're watching this, and you're like, oh, I'm going to start chasing it now, okay? So I, I think when you look at that and you say people are chasing a unique role on this gun that Bungie needs to lean into that and do something with curated roles and perks um, to be stronger Carlo Rick why do you think they went from an encounter based loot system like Fatebringer from Templar Epilogue from Atheon to a full loot table from every raid encounter barring raid exotics and a few outliers man I honestly don't know this is actually a good question I'm not sure why they why they did this. Maybe because they want people to feel like they always have a chance for the gun. I always have a chance for Chattering Bone, Nation of Beast, whatever. Uh, maybe they found people ignoring large portions of the raid once they only needed Fatebringer. Maybe they were just all like Templar, 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 done. Right? But if you could get Fatebringer from any part of Vog then you would just run the whole Vogue raid each week. That could be related to it. Like, they don't want raids becoming sort of slice and diced. If the only place you could get the shotgun in, you know, from the new raid, if the only place you could get the shotgun was the opening encounter, well then, people would run the opening encounter and then not do anything else. So. Darkness Slayer. Are all exotics introduced into Black Armory are quest-related? Uh, no, because there's one in the raid, and then we don't know where that fusion rifle projectile's coming from, and we don't know where the sniper's coming from. I mean, there's this box that we're unlocking slowly each week that we're assuming is going to turn into a quest. Right now, it's not much of a quest, so. Uh, Angel says, The new mods are so unimaginative. Taken barrier, fallen barrier. How would Bungie go about making those interesting because raid perks clearly isn't going to happen? The biggest problem with those mods is who's going to put them on. Right? You're going to... Like, they're, they're not achieving their aim. Oh, we want people to have more freedom. That's why there's no raid perks. Okay. But if I outfit myself with one of those raid mods, the only place that really benefits me then is the raid so it's six of one half a dozen of the other we're not doing anything that different you're gonna get a set that you put all the transcendent blessings in you're gonna have a set that you put all the fallen ones in and then that's your raid armor and you're not gonna wear that anywhere else because you know you go into pvp or other places and you want other things to be coming back quicker recovery resilience whatever uh it slays in gambit right but again uh, maybe that's the goal then is you get a full set for everything so then you can take it into gambit and you switch this is where loadouts would be really helpful right you could have a button at the top of your menu and you could have a loadout for fallen you could have a loadout for you know taken um people 100 would have multiple sets of armor one being their raid loadout right like i just think people would naturally do that and i think eventually with these with these mods that's going to be a thing anyway and there's nothing wrong with that. Like, that's why I don't understand why they don't just do intrinsic perks. Like, just do intrinsic. You don't, like, the mods are nice, but again, it just feels like you're you're saying you don't want to do this thing and you're doing it anyway. You're just doing it in a different way. You're just dressing it up. You're just dressing it up differently. Um, 
So. Scam Jones. What raid do you think had the best guns and perks overall? I mean, without question, Vogue. I mean, Vogue had Fatebringer, Vex Mythoclast, Vision of Confluence. Uh, it had... I'm trying to think of what else it had. It had the best. I think after that was probably Wrath of the Machine, just because Wrath had the Genesis Chain, Chaos Dogma, Steel Medulla, uh, Ex Mach- uh, Mechanica. It had the really cool quest to get the Outbreak Prime. Um, I'm trying to think of... It had a lot. Um, the other raids... Yeah, it had the foil, the corrective measure. Yeah, Vog Vog was just killer. Um, everyone got butthurt over having to do a raid to get great weapons. That's what we do. That's what we have now. Yeah, I feel like they're just so gun shy to put great weapons in the raid, and it's like you. They put great weapons in the raid with wrath, like, and you could still get good weapons elsewhere. Like, I feel like you can do that. I feel like you can put good weapons in the raid without feeling like you're being withholding to the rest of the community. I don't know. To me, I think it's an over-pivot to say, Vogue had all the good stuff, Let's and then, and then it's just an over-pivot to just not ever put anything that's that impressive in the raid. That just feels really stupid to me. You know? Well, we don't, we don't want people to feel like they're going to be left out, so let's not reward the people that go and do the hardest content. Like, it just doesn't... To me, it never it never adds up to a net gain. It just doesn't. Like, it's not like the casuals are going to stop playing because they're like, oh, you put a really great gun in the raid and I'll never get it, right? If anything, I feel like that maybe motivates them to try to get in there and try to figure it out, try to use LFG, try to level up. Like, instead you actually just motivate people to not really run the raid. So, I'm Capo. Do you think they should have curated raid armor with those having raid-only specific perks? I mean, if they did raid intrinsic raid perks, then that could be, yeah, that could be how you get, uh, that could be how you get them. Maybe you have to get, like, a curated set of, on the arms. You gotta get a curated drop on the helmet, whatever. So you see that gold outline, and you know that's going to have the raid perk on it or maybe the extra slot. I don't, you know, I don't know. The Midnight Coup motivated a lot of people to run the Viathan still to this day. Yeah, I mean, I had somebody tweet at me that they finally got the, it was Darkoth, I think, finally got the, the Midnight Coup. He tweeted that at me. Well, I mean, that, that just goes to show you that loot's a big, loot's a strong motivator. You know? Leviathan is, is a year old at this point and folks are going in there trying to get that trying to get that midnight coup just because it's a you know it's a nice weapon anytime anytime you have a strong weapon it's a strong motivator i just think they've they they've painted that they continue to paint themselves into a corner because they create um they create guns that are really really good and then they can't get beyond those guns that are really really good well, we made the Midnight Coup. Well, we made the Better Devils. Well, we made the Icolos. And then they're kind of stuck. Again, they kind of paint themselves into a corner. It's like, well, these guns are really good, but... And then a year later, you're like, yeah, these guns are still really good. Nothing else really matters. That happened. You know, makeshift with the brand new su- uh, sub. Thank you so much for using your Prime sub here. Welcome to the Rageless. Where are the ads? Why are there no ads spawning? 
Oh, there they go. I was like, I'm trying to get my last couple headshots before we kill this guy. And the ads were not spawning. I guess you got to do a certain amount of damage to him. Need two more headshots before we kill this guy. And hopefully we don't run out of time because I'm screwing around. There we go. Uh, next question comes from Eight Horcruxes. Says the curing weapon should have a perk such as bonus damage to enemies in that raid. Thoughts? I mean, yeah, you could definitely do that. Like you're sw- you're really swinging at it. I'm saying the curated weapon should have you know, unique perks, unique roles. You're saying they should also have a curated, you know, I'm sorry, intrinsic. You know, there still has to be something intrinsic. I'm not against that at all. Because, I mean, honestly, like, that would be a reason to really chase it. Because you're like, well, you know, maybe put a really rare drop in the end. You put a really rare drop in the end, and people are wanting to grind and chase that, rare, you know, rare drop in the end. And their journey is easier because they're you know, grinding it out and getting, uh, they're grinding it out and they're getting their, um, they're getting their drops to make themselves stronger in the raid. I think, I think, I think anything to make the, the, the loot more unique, make it more unique. And then you make it strong and maybe even go a little bit further, make it strong in the raid. I think that'd be good. Sneaky Buddy says, what do you think about this? You, Your new powerful gear drop where you have guaranteed armor or weapon drops, but you only get like five of each of weapon and armor, and the rest of the powerful gear drops are completely random. Or would you rather be half and half? I've already laid out what I think they should do, and I think we might be getting it. I think they maybe hinted at this with Ada's Milestone. Ada's Milestone says that you're going to get powerful armor. I could see them saying, why don't we have every milestone get assigned armor or gun each week and then you split it right down the middle so that you know what you're getting and then apply a little bit of smart RNG because if you really need a helmet and your, you know, your cloak is too high to really get any help, well, then you would want the smart RNG to favor the drop that's going to help you, right? Um, Ada says armor because she also drops two powerful weapons. I mean, you're assuming that's why it's set up that way. Um, that That's not true of Zavala, and Zavala has the powerful drop through his quest line. Uh, Gambit has the powerful drop through the quest line for... Uh, for the break, you know, there's the breakneck, there's the loaded question. Um, Zavala also had exotic bounties when the game first launched, and his milestone, um, or no, he doesn't have a milestone. I thought he did. I guess his milestone's like the nightfall. I mean, the gambit, there's a gambit, there's a gambit milestone each week, and his, his stuff drops powerful if you do the breakneck, and that doesn't, like, you know what I'm saying? That's not like a universal logic in the game. It's not like a, oh, well, because they're giving you armor, because they're giving you guns, they're going to give you armor. I just, I think it's an experiment. I think they're experimenting and saying, can we effectively update a milestone and have it only drop armor? What's the response like from the community? And then they may just comb over the whole game with that. It could just be a, 
let's make sure the system works let's make sure the stuff drops powerful you know maybe they're trying smart rng on her drops because a lot of people were saying they felt like her drops weren't always favoring their lowest but a lot of people were saying that her drops favored lowest so since it's the first time a milestone says that you're getting armor and not a gun they could have specific coding in that milestone that they would then distribute to the rest of the of the milestones when they update them if in fact that's what's going on I don't know. I just I I don't know if that's the only reason she's giving you armor is because she also gives you guns because you you don't get powerful rewards from her every week, do you? You only get the armor. Eventually, don't the frames just turn into legendary pursuits? I think they just turn into legendary pursuits. I don't think they're powerful after the first time you get them. T Funk says, "What do you think Bungie did well in this DLC? Our weapon drops end game." We've touched on things that they could do for better endgame, like when we said, you know, enhancement cores should let you turn, you know, hand cannon reloader into enhanced hand cannon reloader, and that tweet got tons of love. I mean, that that tweet to this day is still has people that are just now seeing it commenting. Like, people really liked that idea. People responded to that very well on YouTube, my YouTube as well. They said, oh my gosh, that's perfect. I think that's a better endgame grind than just chasing loot because that's an investment grind. Like you're investing in the loot that you get. So if you get a set of gauntlets that have the right perks and it does have hand cannon reloader, you're not like, well, it's not enhanced. Well, the only place you can get enhanced is the raid and the dreaming city. So that, you know, that's limiting. And then you're, you're, there's no intentional grind there. You just kind of try to get drops from the dreaming city and drops from the, the raid and you hope that they drop enhanced and exotics can drop enhanced too so we don't know exactly we don't know which is why stating it the way you stated it I mean there's no reason to state that because we don't know I don't know and neither do you so that's why I was like I mean I I'm just theorizing it could be them testing things out uh, again there do seem to be milestones in the game that favor your lowest. Not always, but there does seem to be a propensity towards certain milestones touching your lowest item, and uh, that would be really cool if they could institute some level of smart RNG. Just some degree. Just a little bit. It doesn't need to be perfect. You don't always need to get your best drop, you know. Valar18 says, It's not really a question, but I think that Bungie should make the raid mods like Leviathan because now the raid mods are underwhelming and barely drop. Um, what raid What raid mods in Leviathan? What are you talking about? Was there... There wasn't perks on the Leviathan gear, was it? Oh, yes, there was. That's right. Yes, there was. There was the one where you could punch an enemy and get heavy to drop. And then there was the one where you had... Yeah, those weren't bad. Those weren't terrible. I, I didn't come out of my skin for those those perks. They were alright. I think Wrath of the Machine got it best. Wrath of the Machine made you... T- you, you had more defense when holding a charge, and you were faster. You were ma- more agile when you had a cannon, and then you got more power drops. Like, I don't know. They really, really leaned into the identity of wrath like wrath just wrath was such a good format both with the currency the re-rolling the perk you know the raid perks they did a really really good job i think with wrath and i think they can learn a lot from wrath because they went for the intensity in the combat like the combat the raid itself is really really fun and i think that's something they need to lean into even more um 
as somebody pointed out, you know, the raid boss isn't a prop. He doesn't just freaking stand there and let you shoot him. He's very, very active in the fight. He moves around. And the layers of things you have to do to him is is really good. Zach says, can't, uh, he, oh, he posted this for can't think of one. What are your thoughts on the EP shoddy now that we have the threat level with trench barrel in the kinetic slot? I mean, obviously, the EP shoddy is still a very, very preferred weapon. Uh, and the reason for that is they, as a weapon, it just does a really, really good job. And a lot of people are still just going to want to run really strong kinetics like Warden's Law, Midnight Coup, and others. And so, Icolos is just a really, really nice secondary. Now, with the new gun, obviously, that empowers you to say, okay, I'm going to run a Trust, I'm going to run a Nation of Beasts, I'm going to run this new... Obviously, the the really nice thing about it is if you get a good roll on the Orchid, then you can run the Orchid with it, uh, which is what, you know, we're grinding for right now. So, I like it. I just think it... they, They did the wrong thing. I just... I think they pivoted the wrong way. Now, they didn't have much of a choice, right? They can't put a fusion in the kinetic slot. This is another reason why the weapon system, I think, is inferior right now to a classic primary, secondary, and heavy, and then just give us elemental primaries, just shove all the primaries up and assign elements to the ones that presently don't have them. We don't need kinetic guns. That's just not needed. Uh, I think that's been a a long-standing mistake since they did that in D1. and then they could have done more with the fusion. It would have been like, hey, you guys have been running the Ikelot shotgun for a really long time. Here's a really, really strong fusion. The curated roll is like almost broken. Go have fun. Um, and then, and then the new weapons could still be getting your attention, right? That orchid could still be garnering your attention because you could have it in the kinetic slot. It would still have its random assigned element, but you'd be like, I'm trying to get an orchid with you know, Rampage, Kill Clip, and Drop Mag, and then I'm going to pair that with this new Fusion. Like, because then you're using, you're still you're still pivoting to a hand cannon, but at the very least, you're using it in a different way, and you're going for a roll that's different, and then you have a different secondary as well. Arrow 12, what are your thoughts on 150 RPM hand cannons? It seems as though they're staying away from them, considering the last 150 they added was the Waking Vigil, uh, and the gun can't roll with Rampage. Are they too good or something? The thing, excuse me, excuse me, I am sorry. The thing with hand cannons that are problematic is this. As soon as you get a hand cannon that's reload is buffed and damage is buffed, the difference between a 150 and a 140 and a 110, there's not a huge difference. You're doing the same thing I'm doing for the most part. I've got a great roll on my wardens. My wardens isn't isn't that far removed from the the midnight coup, and the midnight coup shoots so fast and has such high aim assist. That's why a lot of people over time, I think, are still just going to prefer that weapon. They're still going to prefer, you know, kind of bouncing back uh, to the midnight coup because it is just so good. Um, and maybe that's one of the reasons why they're just they're just trying to say. We're trying to have weapon diversity, and we feel like the Midnight Coup is just so universally strong. You know, we want to kind of have people using other guns. So at least if you're using a 110 or a 140, you feel like you got to be a little bit choosier with your shots. Maybe I like that the 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 Warden's Law is the only one to, is the only hand cannon that can get feeding frenzy. That kind of belongs on a 110. 
you know, to a certain degree, um, high aim assist and mobility, right? I didn't know why I liked Midnight Coup when I was using it. I just knew that I liked it. And then once they nerfed explosive payload, better devils got put in the back seat. I, people used to ask me all the time, they're like, why are you using Midnight Coup over better devils? And then as soon as the better devils was weaker because of explosive payload getting, not payload, I'm sorry. Um, yeah, it is explosive payload. When they nerfed that, everybody kind of pivoted to the coup. I don't know if that answers your question. I don't know why they're gun shy from 150s. Maybe again, just because everybody would expect a 150 to roll with something to buff reload, something to buff damage. And once you do that, it's just undeniably, you know, one of the best primaries uh, to use. Saving Annihilator with three months of subs. Thanks for keeping your Prime sub here, dude. That is a uh, that is a blue badge. Hey Shiz says, which class got the best looking raid armor? Uh, I think the Titan looks really really good. Uh, you can kind of see it here on his on his uh, legs, his legs, and then uh, I don't think I have anything else for him. But from what I've seen, the, the, the Titans got really, really dope looking armor. The, the Hunter looks really cool too. Not a fan of the, uh, I'm not a fan of the cloak. It like rests really far back on the Hunter's head and looks kind of goofy. Uh, it's got this cool like shoulder thing going on, but they could have done a lot better job with the Hunter cloak. Other than that, yeah, I think Titan, Titan kind of steals the show. Uh, his, his, his version of the armor is nice. His version of the armor is nice. So I'm kind of focusing on headshots. <laughs> Shane backs 101. Do you think the forges are just glorified public events? Uh, they got a lot of loot to chase, but what, but what, when, when we have what we want, uh, which could be sooner than later. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I know a lot of people give the forges a hard time. They're too easy. Blah, 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 blah. There's always going to be a challenge, I think, when they want to make loopable content like this, that the main focus of the grind is the, isn't the the complexity of the content, but the loot that you're chasing. Like, has anybody ever complained that, you know, running strikes is too easy because, you know, they're when they're grinding for a nightfall gun? You know, no, you kind of settle into a rhythm and you just keep going, 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 and then eventually you know, you get the drop that you want. You kind of ignore the content and you just get in the trenches of the grind. Well, given that this is in a public space and it's match made, Bungie just has to be really careful. If they made this blistering hard and had all these different mechanics, then that might really struggle with the matchmaking. You might hate playing by yourself. This, I think, just always is going to bring me back to the point about difficulty settings. If this, if, if you could set a difficulty setting for the forge and get better drops or better bounties from her or something, you know, better chances at a curated role, whatever the case may be, you could yank this thing up to 650. Well, then that would make a lot of the criticisms kind of, kind of wither away. Cause it'd be like, if you want it to be really hard, you know, play the heroic version. And then that's, you know, that's going to be, that'll be brutal. And I think that's what you want to see. You want to see this 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 kind of content get given that spectrum treatment. And the reason that's helpful too, and they need to think about this in the future. Oh, it's endgame, it's endgame, it's endgame. That's great. When the content first drops, everybody's at everybody, not everybody, but a lot of people are going to be at base level. So when the season of the Drifter starts, everybody's going to be, you know, in the 600s, 650, you know, arena. 
and then that basically puts them on a path to the new the new level cap well if the new content is 625 like this eventually it's really hard to do day one and then it's really easy to do in the aftermath it kind of sucks it on both ends haha <laughs> giggity it kind of stinks on both ends you can't play it day one but then once you're once you're at the new level max it's boring day 30 does that make sense so a difficulty setting fixes this problem big time big time so you're basically saying oh okay it's it's doable day one but the rewards aren't that great and then day 30 day 60 when you're really in the meat of the grind you can up the difficulty and the reason to do that is you get better drops better chances of things maybe there are certain things that you can't even get until you start to increase the drops maybe there's no way to get the curated rolls on the weapon until you do a you know a heroic version or whatever I don't know. I just I just think at the, at the at the moment they've got a good concept, but they have to work within the framework of like if everybody's going to play this content, we can't make it blistering hard and we can't make it super complex. If you do that, then you just run the risk of kind of what happened day 1. People are like I can't even do the content. If you're going into matchmaking and like nobody gets the I mean, people struggle with freaking heroic public events for for frick's sake. Like you really think you want people coming in here and doing something more complex than throwing a ball, you know? Some of it's the some of it's your your fellow players just being absent-minded and listen, listen. I mean this in the nicest way possible and I'm saying this about myself. Destiny players are lazy. Not like lazy, like we don't want to play the game, give us everything for free. We're lazy. We run past enemies. It's a very, it's a very, you know, easy game to just kind of play as hobby. And the reason for that is you can kind of shut your brain off and just play. You're never that significantly challenged. Nothing's ever that difficult. That's why raids are so, you know, are so fun because you're basically going into an encounter that does require heightened, you know, awareness and communication and it's challenging, etc. Like these are, these are things that, make the content feel varied and that's why I think Bungie just knows their player base their player base just kind of has that lazy kind of shut your mind off and grind element to it and I think because of that because of that when they launch content like this they just kind of say to themselves okay if we make it too too hard it's going to be pure misery for anybody matchmaking and we don't want that you know so difficulty settings I think is the way forward Gaming Forte, sorry if you answered this. How does the new raid drop enhanced perks on armor? Or, oh, does it drop enhanced perks on armor? Or is this still exclusive to the last wish in the Dreaming City? I would think, I think I got enhanced bomber on a piece of the new raid gear. I don't want to say 100% certain, but I'm, I'm pretty sure since Black Armory's come out, that would be the only reason I would be seeing enhanced perks was the new raid. Um, I wasn't, I wasn't running last I don't think I was running last wish when I got that someone in chat saying yes new raid gear can drop enhanced I'm pretty sure I got enhanced bomber on something if I remember correctly um, I was going for headshots this entire time and I don't even need to I thought I was I thought I was loading the the thing put that melting point on there for his 1k voices Nova Hands, hey Lono, how can Bungie make snipers more viable and maybe unseat the EP shoddy? Do they need to design encounters around them or do something to them directly? They just need a huge damage buff. They just need a huge damage buff. Like, 
the the, the main reason that you use the main reason that you use the, the whisper in this fight is because of ammo economy I'm not using the whisper because I because snipers are good it, it, like I'm using the whisper for ammo economy I can't get power to drop so I basically give myself ammo and can get you know and can get good damage I mean it gets the whisper gets good damage with whisper breathing and a well and again you're just you're, you're creating ammo so you're giving yourself a nice a nice cushion so I it, the, the only way you're gonna make snipers better is they just they need a huge damage buff it just they're just not a lot of reason to slap a sniper on they're weak against virtually everything in the game and I know they're looking at it and I think the biggest problem is is crucible they can't do a blanket buff. If they do a blanket buff, then you're going to have snipers going into Crucible and bodying people, which would ruin Crucible. That would 100% ruin Crucible. So. Obey Supreme. Would the raid include ability mods in the future? Or should the raid uh, include ability mods in the future? I, I mean, I think leaning into the mod system is good. It'd be cool, maybe, if they don't want to do intrinsic perks, they could do a raid mod slot, so then you're like, I have to run the raid. If I run the raid, I can put two mods on. Now, if you didn't want to run the raid gear, and you really wanted to run your gear, maybe they could say, raid mods can go into everything, right? But on raid armor, we allow you to put a normal mod, and then not you can't put two normal mods on it. Right, that second that second slot, you would only be able to put a raid mod in it. So you could basically have two mods. Then you wouldn't feel like an idiot, right? So like for example, my raid gauntlets here. I would have my recovery mod. That's great. It keeps my recovery high. My Titan's got a great build, right? Zero nine nine. I don't need mobility. My resilience and my recovery are, are at a nine. That's a, that's a strong build for you know to be a tank in the end game, right? I got kill clip and explosive payload. I keep getting explosive payload. Uh, so, if I went to this piece of gear though, and it had a slot for, you know, what are some of the mods you can get? You know, for the the the, the fallen stuff, right? Um, killing a fallen enemy with a grenade causes uh, a heavy ammo to drop. That's not even a chance. Killing a fallen enemy with a grenade causes heavy ammo to drop. Well, I could slap that on there and I don't have to break the armor like, oh, well, I got to lose, right? I got to lose my recovery. I got to lose my resilience, whatever, just so I can create heavy ammo with grenade kills periodically, you know? So I think that's the way I would do it. Now, if now let's just say you're like, well, I love these tangled web gauntlets i don't want to take these off well sorry man if you want to run if you want to run taken aren't fallen armaments you got to lose your resilience that would make the raid gear have a have a it'd be a bonus it'd make it better above and beyond normal normal armor but only in the raid right the only time you'd really get the benefit of the doubled up now obviously since it's fallen anybody with any any anytime there's fallen strikes fallen locations and then somebody could build a really great build here right can you imagine having that perk on your armor and then anytime you're in the in gambit you can switch your loadout to a fallen mod loadout and you get free heavy ammo I mean that right there, that that mod right there will will make you a really annoying presence in Gambit as long as it's fallen, right? 
So you could get to the place where you have multiple sets because right now you can get mods for Taken and then you can get mods for Fallen and that could be that could be a game changer in Gambit. Guaranteed I mean I that's that's kind of broken honestly. If it's guaranteed power brick from a grenade kill, if it's Fallen, you should have a piece of armor with that on there 100%. Because anytime I throw a grenade, I'm getting I'm getting heavy ammo. That's that you're a menace at that point. You always have heavy. So you got your 1K voices. You can do or your Queen's Breaker, Queen Breakers. You can basically do preventative or really aggressive invades because you have so much ammo. Saving Annihilator says, "Sorry, this is a two for one. Do you think they could use the forges to allow us to reroll exotic weapons and raid weapons and armor? Also." How would you feel about using weapon telemetries uh, for a weapon mod currency? Yeah, that'd be kind of nice because telemetry ghosts are cool, but the telemetries are worthless. They give you no payout at the gunsmith. Um, I would say re-rolling exotics I'm okay with because you get, the exotic takes so long to get. Now that I've got you know, shards of Galanor, it shouldn't be this massive pain point of, well, now I've got shards... Hopefully I can get shards to drop again someday out there in the future with perks that I like. The exotic drop rate's so low, that's why I justify re-rolling exotic armor, but make it costly, whether it's glass needles or in this case you're saying use the forge. Um, re-rolling exotic weapons isn't a thing. I don't know why you put that in there. You can't re-roll the tractor cannon or the, the whisper. These are curated and built in a specific way. So that part of your question is kind of wonky, but re-rolling exotic armor, I'm okay with. Re-rolling raid weapons, again, I'm going to go back to my talk and say the best thing they could do is put that currency in the raid. You put a currency in the raid and you say, if you get this currency, you can use this currency to re-roll raid armor, not guns, and then you put an extra chest. That, there's the pain point, right? Do I want to save up for re-rolling or do I want to pop the chest? Well, you'd probably be popping the chest pretty regularly on the outset. And then as you slowly get all the gear you need, you'd be saving that currency. You'd be saving that currency for uh, re-rolling because you'd basically be like, I'm trying to get a full set. Once I have the full set, then I'll use the currency for re-rolling. Um, and again, that places value within the raid. You know, re-rolling in the raid or running the raid beyond that first run and getting that currency, that's such a great value. And that's good for the community too. Because then you'd have people that might, might on a Friday night be like, you know what, I'll just, I'll go into LFG and help some people. If we get a couple things completed, I'll get some of the currency. I'll help some people learn the raid. Maybe I'll meet some proficient raiders. It keeps the experienced players, because think about it. Who's most motivated to chase that currency? Oh, a hardcore player. So you got more hardcore players more often and more regularly in there grinding. I think that's one of the reasons Wrath of the Machine got so much traction in communities, in ours especially, was because, like, as a Sherpa, if you want to call it that, you have a reason to run the raid beyond your first three and it actually tangibly benefits you you know re-rolling that raid gear was nice you know you get those gauntlets and then you get the reload on them that you want that was uh that was that was a big deal you know 
And then, I mean, and then you basically have more people running, more people getting loot, more people hanging out in the end game, not feeling like they have to basically walk away. Well, I'm done for the week, you know, no reason to run the raids, and that's really the only thing I care about right now. That's good for everybody to, to, to allow people to do that. Obey Supreme, is the new raid format needed more like WoW? No, I don't think so. That's an identity shift, but this is still, this game is still at its core, primarily a console game. So if you start making things like WoW, anytime I've heard people argue for that, I just kind of laugh. I'm just kind of like, you're asking for something you're never going to get. Good luck doing the same thing to WoW. Like, go to WoW and ask it to be more like Destiny. You'll just as soon get that to happen before you're going to get this game to become more like WoW. Now, I know we're hearing that Destiny 3 is going to embrace the RPG and they're really going to try and get it to feel more like a traditional, more grindy RPG. I That doesn't mean you're going to get WoW. Right? It could be it could become more like Diablo than WoW. We just never you just never know. Uh, Adam the Hand, we only have two more questions left, so if you've been sitting on a question, feel free. Morning, Lono, what are your thoughts on strike-exclusive weapons coming forward for each season to keep them viable? Show other Guardians that you received special reward for X-Strike. I love my duty bound. Have been dragging along with me. Merry Frickmas. Merry Frickmas, dude. Uh, And for those of you that don't know, each night this week we will be doing the Merry Frickmas special, so be here around 8 p.m. Eastern uh, each night this week. It was really fun last night. Don't miss out. Um, well, I mean, strike exclusive loot coming forward, I, I'm okay with it. I mean, you can infuse everything. Now, I personally think they have a lot to gain right now by giving the DFA, the duty bound, and other strike specific weapons random rolls. Maybe that's what you're driving at. Maybe like part of your question got left out. I, I, I would be grinding for a DFA if I could get a cool roll on it. If I could get a cool roll on the duty bound, I would be grinding for one, right? Like, if you could get a duty bound that would maybe compete with the half dan, or I don't know if anything can compete with the breakneck, but I think that would be really cool. That's what you meant? Okay, I, th- I thought so. I mean, I, I, I kind of extrapolated what you meant. Like, you're not talking about infusion, you're talking about the value of the drop coming forward. I get what you meant. Um, so, I personally, I think that's a big win. I even said that Bungie has a lot to gain by saying hey every weapon from Warmind is now is now being brought forward with mods and, and random rolls so then you have a reason to go grind the forge right maybe there's some crazy roll on one of the forge weapons that you suddenly not this forge but the forge from uh, the forge from curse sorry I said I think I said forge from Warmind but you, see, you get the point, right? All of a sudden, maybe give loot pursuits on the planets. You know, suddenly you can get random rolls on an old-fashioned on the EDZ. And in the EDZ, guns can drop from certain adventures. This is another way they could create rhythmic urgency, right? Each week they could say, here are the guns that have that have a high drop rate this week from this content. You could do that with the Blind Well. It's already happening with Escalation Protocol. It's already happening with the Forges. It's already happening with Nightfalls. Why not do it with the Blind Well and do it with the different planets? This week, if you're doing activities on the EDZ, you know, the... Uh, the... Uh, what is it called? The call to serve is going to drop a lot this week. Well, maybe you really like that scout. Then you're going to go grind for it. And then the next week, it's it's uh, 
it's the freaking it's the uh it's the it's it's the old fashioned you know and they do that on every planet right so one week it's like oh i don't really care about the the call to serve on the edz but but uh anna bray's um anna bray's auto rifle has a high drop rate chance on mars this week so you're like oh i'm gonna go grind mars this week i'm gonna grind their adventures i'm gonna grind this and grind that like and and then i said this in another talk Every Tuesday when you when you boot the game up, there should just be a giant infographic that tells all that to you. Or not even an infographic. Like, you just come to here, and you highlight Mars, and right there, Hella's base in Mars, and it shows you the two weapon drops for that week that have been increased. And so, the the winter wolf or whatever it's called or some other Braytech weapon have a high drop week that have a high drop rate that week on Mars and then you just grind the frick out of Mars hoping to get a random roll on those guns and then when you come here for the Vanguard it says the same thing it says nightfalls and it shows and it says exclusive weapons you know click to expand and then you come here and underneath this nightfall it shows the three weapons like one for each nightfall like we're not really educating the, the players on like what they can get thank you for the brand new sub Tiberius makes you think of Star Trek James Tiberius Kirk um, you're not really educating the players that's another thing they could do is like you would basically come to the director and you'd be like oh what's this over here on the dreaming city like you put a little weapon icon you click on the dreaming city and then blind well is dropping the the waking vigil and the the tiger spite this week it has a higher drop rate so you you just basically create all this loot incentive across the whole game EDZ this week is the old-fashioned and the call to serve and then Nessus is uh, I don't even know what you put on Nessus. What was that auto rifle? There was some weird auto rifle that shot really fast. It was the same archetype. I think is the um, as that as the as the weapon they used in the uh, in the festival of the lost there was that there was that weapon archetype on 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 nessus i think there was some auto rifle either way you just take all those year one weapons get a ton more life out of them inject the game with a bunch of loot pursuits and then you just let players play as they wish they're like even even if you even if you look at the map and none of it matters to you it doesn't matter you're still educating the players that there's there's all types of guns and pursuits all throughout the game and you create that rhythmic urgency where one week you're like, I'm going to chase the Warden's Law on this Nightfall. And then the next week you're like, oh yeah, the Uriel's Gift. Uriel's Gift is dropping on Nessus this week with random rolls and mods. I'm going to go grind the frick out of activities on Nessus. Oh, this week, um, Blind Wells dropping Waking Vigil. Oh, this week, the for- the Go Fanon Forge has a high drop rate of this gun. Whatever. You're still you're you're still doing the same thing we've always been doing. But like so many people think, I'll never be max level all that matters is max level once I hit max level I'm done no the game is just starting the game is just getting started and that's why I think that 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 overlay UI change would be really beneficial because then people would boot up on a Tuesday and be like well I'm so close to leveling up I don't really care to level up but then they'd look at mercury and they'd be like wait a minute hang on what's this what's this forge gun you know the I forget the name of some of the forge guns. There was the there was the auto rifle that I really liked, and the pulse rifle has a high drop rate. IO has it. Every every, every planet has it. Same thing with gambit, right? If the, if the gambit if the gambit 
you know, loadout was showing you that for this week only, there's a high drop rate from trust and parcel of stardust. You'd be like, dude, let me freaking go in there. You'd have more intentional grind because everybody wants a weapon. Like everybody wants a certain weapon. Like everybody wants a trust or everybody wants a parcel and they want a certain role on it. There's literally no intentional grind at all. So it's just like when you were farming for a Luna uh, in D1, you're like, well, I may never, ever, ever get one. But if the drop rate increases, that's what made Iron Banner so good, right? When the Clever Dragon came around, people were like, dude, grind like crazy. You want Brace Frame and High Cal. And everybody went for the Clever Dragon. So that creates intentional grind, but it also creates just an education system within the game where you're like, oh, there's all these cool guns. I want to go, I'm going to go after them. I could care less about parcel now that threat level is a thing, but that's you, Eugene. So many people don't run the raid, and that would give them a way to get a nice, a nice high rate of fire, you know, uh, good roll on a kinetic shotgun. The rest of the community that doesn't run raids would have an option of chasing a parcel. That'd be really good. Also, you'd run your raid three times. Maybe you don't get the threat level, and you're like, well, let me go for a parcel. That'll at least get me by. I really want to use this new hand cannon that's in the energy slot, and I need a good secondary in my in my kinetic slot. So, I'm going to keep harping on that idea because I think it would be such a win for the community. Nerdy Tech. So, if we can only wear one exotic armor, what do you think of letting us... Uh, transmog armor sets so they look like a full set of exotic armor some of these together would look really good this idea will never happen because exotic armor has its appearance in both its origin its lore and what it does right and they've added ornaments to make you have a little bit more freedom on your appearance but right now if I could just have like one eyed mask and armamentarium Armamentarium has an appearance that is tied to what it does. And I think you completely break the identity of the game and the identity of the loot with Transmog. Transmog, I don't think, has a place in Destiny. Weapons have a look and a feel and and an origin. Like, Warden's Law looks like this giant, hefty, double-barreled, like, disgustingly cool hand cannon. It just looks massive. I don't want other hand cannons looking like that just because somebody thinks it looks cool. It has its own look and feel. All of the armor does. I think you I think you really hurt and and you're you're pushing against even with armor, you're pushing against the identity of destiny with transmog. It'll never happen. It just won't. Like armor from the Tangled Shore, armor from IO, armor from Nessus, it has a look and a feel and an aesthetic that you're sort of taking away with transmog. So I don't think you're ever gonna see it. Monkey Buttface says, Morning Lono as a solo player, what's the best way to grind out the Prime Ingram? Uh, probably grind the Forges. The more enemies you kill, um, and the more high-level enemies you kill, the more likely you're going to have those drop. You want to be in areas with high concentration of enemies, because there does seem to be a bit of a timer in relation to how many enemies you kill. Uh, so I would say that would be where you want to hang out. If you're just running public events and just running public spaces, you're probably killing enemies at a lower interval. There's just a nice constant flow of enemies in the forges. That would be my recommendation. Kamikaze. The extra perk in one of the final two slots on the Black Armory bounties seems useless most of the time. Is there a way they can make them more viable or just a miss? 
Okay, so what this person is talking about is the fact that you can go for augmented weapons. I should probably keep one in my inventory to show people because we did get one just today. Um, we did get one just today and there is uh, an extra perk on the gun. Not an extra perk like you would think, an extra perk option. So right now, you have to kind of picture the guns with me. Like if you're listening to this and not watching, you have to kind of picture the loadout of a gun, right? There's the there's the first perk, which in my case, I can choose between Steady Rounds and Flared Magwell, right? And then I have Rampage and Feeding Frenzy. Rampage and Feeding Frenzy are static. I can't choose anything beneath. Now the gun rolls random. The gun rolls random, but I can't choose something beneath here. An augmented gun just puts an extra perk right here. That's it. It it, it doesn't make any sense why they even highlighted that in the video. It doesn't make any sense why it's even in the game. It truly doesn't make any sense to me. It's not a value point. Mainly because it's completely and utterly random. You could get any gun to pop out. So there's no intentionality. It'd be one thing if you could do it over and over and over again for a certain gun and you're just increasing the likelihood of getting the roll that you want. Like, imagine if I could do that with the Orchid. I could be rolling for what I'm going for right now, which is Drop Mag, Rampage, and Kill Clip. A real unique roll, only hand cannon in the game that can have Rampage and Kill Clip stacking on top of each other. And the drop mag kind of helps with that because of the speedy reload. Well, if I could be rolling for an augmented orchid, then I would potentially be increasing my chances of getting that roll because there's one extra slot in the drop. Other than that, I just don't see a lot of people paying any attention to it. I mean, unless you're just doing it for the fun of it and like, yeah, let's just see what it spits out. I might get something cool. There's just not a whole lot of reason to do uh, the augmented weapons. It just doesn't make any sense. They need to be, it needs to be intentional. Again, it could be an experiment. It could be purely an experiment. They're just seeing like, okay, how's this work with the weapon drops, right? Is, can we create propensity of drops? And if we can create propensity of drops, we can make augmented weapons cooler in the future and then make them a whole lot harder to get. So it could just be literally a loot experiment. Like it could a hundred percent be the, just that, like nothing other than a loot experiment. Um, so they can try different things in the future. Next question, and it bounced off. Zentang, what exotics would you like to see from D1 brought into D2? I don't really care about this. I never have. I don't mind that they do it, but I don't have my sights set on any exotics from D1 coming forward. I would always rather than just do new ones. I didn't care they brought forward the, the, the Suros regime, so I wouldn't care if they brought forward the... Um, Dang it, what was the Russian one that we we built from the very beginning of the game? The name literally, I, I, it was on the tip of my tongue, it just left my head. Uh, I wouldn't mind if that came back. The Kvostov, thank you. The Kvostov was kind of a gimmick anyway. It, you know, it was cool. There wasn't a whole lot of reason to run it other than nostalgia. And it, it, it sounded cool and felt cool. And the changing of the fire rate was kind of a neat thing that was, you know, had never been in the game up to that point. I wouldn't care if that came back. Similar to the Suros, like, it's not game-breaking. You know, it's not the Galahorn. It's not the Sleeper. I didn't want Sleeper to come back. I was glad that it did, but basically, I'm really mad about Sleeper. They brought back Sleeper just to mistreat it. Like, hey, guys, we brought back the God Killer, one of the favorite, you know, one of the coolest weapons in D1. We brought it back, and uh, 
And we're going to nerf it right away because it's going to break a game mode that uh, we didn't balance before launching. Like, so you just treat it like a, a, a stepchild that you want to smack around. Like, that's just bad to do to a weapon, I feel like. That'd be like bringing back the Galahorn. Everybody celebrates the Galahorn, and then Galahorn breaks some game mode that they didn't balance, and then they nerf Galahorn. Like, why mistreat such a great weapon? Why even bring it back at that point, you know? Just frustrating what they did to that. I called this person Bass Boosted the other day. It's Bass Boosted Bard. Bass Boosted Bard. Uh, I know you're not a huge PvP player, but do you think a Titan Charge should one-shot? It seems way too powerful. Yeah, it's fine. It's hard to pull off, honestly. Now, it's a little frustrating if they're wearing Skull Fort. Um, it's a little problematic if they're wearing Skull Fort. So, but other than that, I don't have a problem with it. A lot of the times I try to do it, like I try to mindlessly just run around and do it. I end up dying. I end up paying the price. I'm running around like a, like a mindless idiot um, without a single, you know, thought of damage or intelligence. And most of the time I have people running at me like that, trying to, trying to charge me. I'm not even that good. And I was, I was gunning them down. I was, I was, I was putting those folks in the dirt with it with a good hand cannon shot you know and again depends on the map you know if they can close space and get really really close to you if they're if they're macro skating it might be a problem but for the most part i don't i don't think it's that big of a deal uh before i go to the next question let's check the role that we got we got another we got a surrounded we got a surrounded drop meg rampage role i think this is handling masterwork I, we have one like this somewhere um so i'm not going to delete it i want to compare it to the other one i have because that's considered one of the good roles you can get on it not the one i'm looking for uh but um not the one i'm looking for next question from base boosted beard might as well ask another you haven't gotten any left uh, many left uh what are your expectations for d3 um, I really truly think they're going to use the stranger to, to, to launch D3 because that, that's a great way to make us leave this timeline and lose all of our stuff. Uh, I think she's going to show up and they'll make a joke about now I have time to explain and then we'll be, it'll be a time travel meta of like going back maybe and stopping the Vex from doing something and potentially then we could save, we could have a storyline where we save Cade. And then if they play their cards right, that's a really easy way to bring back all the old content. So like the culmination of the 10-year franchise, the culmination of Destiny 3 would be would basically be you arriving in Destiny 1 and then slowly working your way through all that content, updated random roles, cooler stuff, all those raids. That'd be content that just kind of makes itself People be like, oh, it's recycled content, Blah. but as long as it was more annual pass in its drip feed, I don't think anybody would care. I think people would be really excited to uh, to play a lot of that original content, personally. So, that's what I think. I mean, it's all theory. I don't have any inside information, so. Arrow 12, do you remember why they nerfed box breathing? I honestly can't remember it ever being broken. I have zero freaking clue. It did, like... To me, if you look at the Escalation Protocol weapons, it makes the least amount of sense, right? It makes the least amount of sense. It's like, wait a minute, hold the frickin' phone here. Escalation Protocol shotgun was was left, a, like, left alone all this time, 
and was unbelievably and undeniably one of the strongest no it was the strongest perk and gun in the game on a stationary target like it did more damage than than every than everything else it was stupidly strong and it gets left alone and snipers have been traditionally crap in d2 but you nerf box breathing like i don't understand it made no sense to me and to this day it makes it it makes it kind of like a dumb perk honestly and then whisper breathing on the whisper right ep sniper could do to the final boss of eater of worlds yeah but again that's exactly what what a weapon should do a pinnacle weapon should do that a pinnacle weapon should go into its context the context of a gun like that it's best used on a stationary target and a pinnacle weapon should do that it like i don't get it i don't get it and now that you're putting box breathing on on scouts it could be it should be called scout breathing call it scout breathing and if i wait to take the first shot i get the buff for every shot i shoot as long as i'm ads right nobody likes to stay ads super long with a scout you know it can be bad for your health in the crucible it can be bad for your now obviously everybody's thinking oh my gosh crucible you're going to turn scouts into a menacing crucible you would honestly have to do this mainly in pve but scout breathing on a on a on a scout should turn it into a mini sniper it should turn it into a mini sniper and then just nerf it in pvp so i don't get it i don't know what they're thinking with snipers i don't know why it's taken them this long to even acknowledge that snipers suck fusions suck too i mean and they don't tell us how much they buff them <clears throat> so it's really hard to draw comparisons uh noth 21 do you think wishbringer can be considered a contender in the shotgun category. I, for one, have been having a ton of fun with it. I like the shotgun a lot, actually. I think it's totally fine. I think if you put boss spec on it, um, it could potentially be a contender because you don't have to get a melee and you don't have to reset the melee. You just always get that 8% damage increase. Um, I like it. I felt like it handled really good. There was a time there where I was using it a lot in Gambit. I was enjoying using it in Gambit. It was a solid little gun. So, last question. I'm dat dude. Unless anybody's going to submit any more questions, this will be the last one. I'm not sure how long we've gone today. Uh, I'm dat dude. Do you think we're getting D3 after this or another expansion? Yeah, I've outlined my thoughts on this a couple of times. Um, I think, and this is this is based off of things Luke Smith has said. He said that the end cutscene of Destiny 2 was that was the DLC for Destiny 2. So the light of the traveler hits it hits uh mercury first and that's your curse of osiris then it hits mars and that's warmind then it hits the reef that's forsaken and then it hits the dreadnought so until we go to the dreadnought in a big dlc i don't think we're done uh i don't think we're done with d2 so d3 i think is going to launch 2020 um so they'll do one more big DLC for Destiny 2 called, I've been calling it the Taken Queen. We'll go back to the Dreadnought <clears throat> and we're going to have to fight Savathun. She's going to take over. So when they do that though, they need another annual pass, right? They need another annual pass and I believe that the annual pass that that starts at the end of 2019 and goes into 2020 will be one that takes us back to the old planets and the old raids. Uh, now whether they do this through the Infinite Forest or they they do it as a solstice of heroes kind of a thing, like a memory thing. Um, 
that's what I think they're going to do. Because I think that's really, that like writes itself. You know what I'm saying? They could do four deliverables for the annual pass instead of three. And then each deliverable could be one of the old planets and then the subsequent raids as well. And then the reason they would want to do that is that's easier content to create and it would be it would feel more substantive and it would allow them to pivot very very sharply i believe right now bungie has pivoted very sharply to destiny 3 and i think taken queen will be built by by vicarious studio uh vicarious visions and high moon studios and the live team will get us to the taken queen and then High Moon Studios and the live team will again support the next annual pass. All this is happening while Bungie is building Destiny 3. Right? That's my that's just my theory. Again, I don't have any inside information. I don't have anybody telling me anything. I just feel like right now, now that Forsaken has been delivered and we're in the era of the annual pass, I just think you're going to see Bungie <clears throat> pivot more sharply to building the next game. And this this kind of content can be supported by High Moon Studios and the live team so they can build the next game. And then once Bungie delivers Destiny 3, Bungie's done with Destiny. I think at that point, they're done with Destiny. They're going to smoo- switch to their new IP, and then Des- Destiny 3 will be sustained and supported by Vicarious Visions, High Moon Studios, the live team. I could even maybe see the IP being sold to Activision and then Activision using Vicarious Visions as the main hub of content creation and they might even absorb some of Bungie when they do that. Again, I like I don't have any of that information. I'm just kind of looking at the writing on the wall. Like Bungie wants to pivot to their new IP. Activision seems invested into Destiny and if the if the annual pass if the big DLC annual pass format can work, then that would be the future going forward, which would then be maybe even get Destinies beyond Destiny 3 if they can get it to work. I think I think they'd be heavily invested in it. And I trust Vicarious Visions with Destiny. I, I, I do. I, I think they did a great job with Warmind. <clears throat> in some respects, Warmind was the turning of the rudder and then Forsaken really brought things home. So, you know, I, I'm okay with I'm okay with Vicarious Visions kind of taking over. That doesn't bother me. We'll see. We'll see. Infamous says, is it even possible to keep a gun super powerful and nerfed in PvP? I'm sorry I'm not too educated in that field. They've done it before. Uh, there were times in the past where they did this. They made shotguns stronger in PvE but not in PvP. It's definitely possible. 100%. Um... I know they don't like doing it, though. I know that they also don't like doing it. Salty Rob, I think that they should add a raid pinnacle weapon each season that has raid perks, and raid completions and specific bounties are a way to get the weapon. Your thoughts? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I have a whole video on the raid needing an NPC. Why do we not have a raid NPC, number one? We had it with... We had it with Benedict. And this again creates that idea of you can run the raid after your first three completions and get something from it. You could raise your your raid rank and get shaders and emblems that nobody else can get. Uh, You could have entire ornament sets for raid gear that are not achievable or obtainable until you get so many raid completions. Uh, This would be another way to create that endgame longevity. Raid mods could be, you know, you could try and get the raid mods from the raid NPC, right? You could try to 
maybe have the raid NPC give you the ability to enhance a perk with enough of the currency. Like, there's all kind of things they could do here that would make you feel like the raid has more longevity than just I beat this until I get a freaking drop that I want, and once I get all the drops that I want, I'm done. You know, that's essentially what raids kind of feel like. And a raid NPC would create an entirely new mindset about about raids. Um, because then you could then you could feel like that sense of achievement instead of just being like, yeah, I'm one of the lucky ones who got in there right away and got it done. It'd be like, no, I've run the thing, you know, I've run the thing a hundred times, and that's how I got this really cool, you know, emblem or. You know, I, I've got these shaders. All oh, my guns look like that because I have, you know, I've got the raid ornaments unlocked. You know, that kind of a thing. Because your appearance, I think, matters more. Uh, emblems are cool. And I mean, I know I said emblems, but like shaders and ornaments, I think, would be a better uh, would be a better system because that would give you the opportunity to really strut, you know, in the tower and crucible and look a certain way, public spaces, etc. Uh, Rusty, if Bungie made leveling to highest power easy for everyone, most drops can be powerful to some level, would the game be engaging enough for streamers and hardcore players? Yeah, because, I mean, if you do everything I said when I talked about that infographic, if every planet, if Blind Well and The Forge and Nightfalls and, and, and planets, you know, uh, and, and Crucible and Gambit had drops each, if they had drops each day, I'm sorry, each week, that could potentially be driving you to play then that creates that draw for the hardcore player if grinding for enhancement cores gave you the opportunity to go I want hands on on my helmet to be enhanced hands on and then I want enhanced hand cannon reloader and then I want enhanced you know dynamo or whatever the frick you're trying to run that's a lot of stuff to chase you know that's a lot of guns that's a lot of loot to chase getting the highest power like let's really think about this question for a minute because I've said this before your question says if we can get the highest power easy would the game be engaging enough for streamers and hardcore players the streamers and hardcore players hit highest power in the first week so why why are they going to continue to play it ain't because of the it ain't because of highest power it ain't because of max they get that right away it's dumb there's no there's (laughs) there's nothing that keeps them from it so that's that's not even why the hardcore guys play anyway. So I, I think that I think the real grind is always gonna be loot, and if they can't figure out how to really give us powerful and unique loot, or like I said, comb over the rest of the game with random rolls, mods, you know, and, and give us a reason to go run Mercury and the EDZ, if you can't figure out how to do that, then so much of the game and so much of the loot just sitting there like not serving any purpose at all. So, Matrix says, I've been hearing Taken Blight showing up in the IO Lost sectors, even though there's no Taken in those areas. Any thoughts on this? Maybe a new Whisper type quest coming soon? Yeah, I think there may be something, there may be something in the works. It could be something with the, it could be something with that sniper that we're going to get. Although the sniper could be, <clears throat> excuse me, the sniper could be tied to the the box and then maybe that could be the projectile the projectile fusion or the projectile fusion could be in the box and then the sniper could be the mystery it's not letting me pick up the ball there we go i don't know 
I don't know what it could be, but there's definitely something going on. I, I don't know what it is, but there is something going on on IO. I, we, we have no idea what. Duke Reigns, I was extremely disappointed the lack of differences between the two forges. Uh, is Electric Shanks a different and a different boss enough? I know uh, we we have more to come, but if they're only different, is this a success? Yeah, I talked about this a little bit um, this more. I talked about this a little bit earlier and how this type of content we can't expect it to be super substantive for a few reasons. Number one, this is only ten dollars of a thirty-five dollar. This represents like ten to twelve dollars of content. So three forges being marginally different from each other in twelve dollars of content that also includes a raid. I'm gonna give them a pass and say it's fine. I also know that when they create content like this that is in the public space that has matchmaking. They have to be careful that they don't turn it into something that's not fun to run because if you get stuck with, you know, Blueberry Bob that doesn't know what the frick he's doing, you know, heroic public events can be frustrating enough. You're just trying to turn it heroic. Like, that can be frustrating enough. You don't want the new content to have that feel either. So it doesn't need to be super substantive. It doesn't need to be super complex. It's mainly meant to be a content loop for you to chase guns. And I think it does that very well. Um, I mean, it's essentially to cheese what a strike is when you're grinding for a nightfall specific reward. Don't kid yourself. You put on a, you put on a a burn card that lets you run through as fast as you freaking can. You skip any enemies that are skippable and then you keep going and hoping for a good drop. So having a forge that is somewhat rudimentary, simplistic and mindless is in many respects, not much different than a lot of the loot grind in the game as it stands. If you want more depth and you want more complexity, then sure, you've got the raid going with the raid team. Uh, you've got the you've got the um, the dungeons. You could do the dungeons. The, you know the, uh, that that rotates. I don't think this content's meant to be that. So I would just temper your expectations. Chaddix, should we see heroic modes of the forge? Yeah, we. This is another thing that I think would maybe this couples really well with the question that was just asked. Maybe the problem isn't complexity. Maybe the problem is difficulty. And without difficulty settings, number one, it hurts people on the front end, and then it hurts people on the back end. Having it at twenty-five, right? Having it at twenty-five is problematic. It made it hard to play day one, and then it's not hard day thirty-five. You know, I've already made that point during this Q&A session. I mean, it a difficulty setting fixes that. It's playable day one for a lot of people, not super hard. You motivate them to go into harder versions with y- y- loot, bounties, etc. And then whenever you do that, now it's maybe it's not so boring whenever you're at 50. Because every time you come in, it's actually difficult. You actually need to pay attention and maybe go on with the team and maybe be organized. Maybe you're not going to win if you don't really focus on, you know, unifying your damage on the boss and stuff. Um, the, di- the lack of difficulty settings is one of the things I think, I don't think it need to be super complex because if you go in and get your clock cleaned and it's too hard, you can always just back out and try it in an easier setting. But if it's really complex and it's frustrating and you keep getting paired with, you know, dumb dumb blueberries who can't seem to figure out how to throw a ball or, or charge a station or stand on a plate then it isn't gonna it, you're not even gonna want to engage with the content it's not a matter of like backing out and it getting easier you just keep getting stuck with people who have no clue what they're doing um that doesn't get easier with time i mean as we see with public events like public events can be infuriating i mean i i want to pull my hair out on taking blight ones sometimes because that can literally be the fastest that can be the fastest public event in the game if you do it right. 
it's so so fast because you can get the boss to come out and then just melt him on first pass uh, if you use your supers and stuff right so MD Ford 20 months thank you so much I appreciate that always enjoy the stream thanks thank you for 20 months dude I appreciate you next question coming in from arrow 12 should the weapon frames just stay in your inventory ready to be refilled or should they add some device that lets you interact with the forge and create the radiant frame for me I think the biggest frustration with this grind is how often you have to go to the tower and you have to race the game as soon as the forge is over I basically barely have enough time to get my drops and I have to leave or it puts me in another queue and it slows me down. I got to come all the way back here, see her, do it, come back, see her again, do it, come back, see her again. I was playing with somebody a little bit ago from another region and the biggest headache was we just, we stayed in orbit for forever. I mean, if, if you, if you keep, if you keep funneling people to orbit, you, you can make it unnecessarily painful if orbit is laggy because tower instances are full or playing with your friends from other regions is, is just it, it's it, it mind numbing so bower socks with the next question do you think it would be helpful if Bungie made it so we could do legit loot grinds in the raid so we could play the raid multiple times with the same character and still get loot each week however the first run of the week would be the only one to drop powerful a lot of people have have given this idea they've said raid drops powerful run one after that you can just run it for the drops if they really dig in on curated roles and make them really really awesome and make the make the curated role with a a unique and really strong perk and then the unique roles on armor and and it drops powerful it doesn't drop powerful i could see this being completely fine with the community at large because if I could just run the raid all week and just keep funneling people through because I want to get a full raid set and I want to get I'm going to get a full raid set and I want certain perks why not just let me run the raid as often as I freaking want oh well people will burn through the content too fast not necessarily dude random roles is your friend and and if they really lean in on what I've said with curated roles curated armor with perks that are you know super super valuable and then so then you're like oh my gosh i'm i'm 100 gonna gonna go for that really really valuable curated armor piece well if the armor piece that's curated drop rate is really really freaking low well then you've created longevity nobody's gonna be able to just go in and be done with the raid <clears throat> and have everything they need in a week or two right and what about this let's combine another idea i had what if each week you highlight the raid it says this is the week that this curated role or this 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 curated item you'd have a curated helmet and like the curated shotgun so for that week that's what you'd be grinding for the curated role on the sh- on the shotgun and the curated role on the helmet right still give it a low drop rate <clears throat> if you get those you're done that week but then you got to wait for another week to see w- w- I want the curated role on the gauntlets. I want the curated role on the chest. You could ro- rotate the high drop rate of the curated roles and let people run it as much as they want. That would be good too. There's a lot they could do with raids. Like we don't need to do this three and done thing. And like people are saying, remember Wrath grinding materials to create keys, right? I would grind for the mats to both create keys and open uh, the extra th- that allowed me to open the extra chest and and the materials let me re-roll my armor and so that was a step in the right direction because that was the same idea it was like 
running it after you know your first three had value and had a loot incentive for you I said at the end of my talk, they needed to add all those things from Wrath. Eternal Economy, Extra Chest, re-rolling, uh, and re-rolling the guns, and then intrinsic perks that make the, the stuff more valuable in the raid. Like, raid loot as it stands just isn't, it's just not, it's just so freaking ho-hum. Raid loot hasn't felt like raid loot since, it honestly has not felt like raid loot since Wrath. It just hasn't. Right? Other than, other than the Midnight Coup, other than the Midnight Coup, what what in the what in the Leviathan was really worth getting like what like sins of the past okay outside of that nothing in there was really worth getting and then they added the raid mods but they added those later you didn't have to grind for them they just gave them to every armor piece you just automatically had it so they're really really close they've been really really close for a long time like the curated roles in addition to random roles is a smart play it really and truly is you just have to you know you have to do you have to do more than what they're doing with those they're not leveraging their power as loot incentive yeah the inaugural address was a nice pulse that is true zenith was yeah zenith was fine but zenith was in a a a raid layer uh censure says do you think they should remove power from guns i heard a lot of people talking about it um, I don't care about that. I don't know if we need to completely overhaul the system. I, I, I make suggestions that are within the identity and the lanes that Bungie's working in. I don't make suggestions like this because number one, I think it's incredibly unlikely. And number two, given that it's unlikely, I think you're going to waste a lot of energy and talk on on something that would, if it doesn't happen, like, for example... The idea of rotating the drops from from items each week and putting it on the map, that's not a difficult thing for Bungie to do. They've already done it with Escalation Protocol. So I'm taking an idea that they've already done, they've already shown they can do, and I'm saying, I'm iterating on it and saying, why don't you do this in more more places? And then that idea can spawn other ideas that we've had and spawn other things that are value points for the community. I don't think there's a lot of there's a lot of value in spending a bunch of time talking about running, you know, uh, running power out of the game. Like, oh, we don't want power on your guns. Why? It's really unlikely they're going to completely overhaul the power system. And if they do, then that's going to affect everything. Like, I can't even think of what that would what that would gain us and what that would change and what that would do to the game. So I just, I don't, I don't spend a lot of blood, sweat, and tears and energy on ideas that are very unlikely to happen, uh, because I like the ideas to be likely and to be potentially, you know, helpful to the game. And a lot of, a lot of my ideas since Forsaken and Black Armory have dropped, and a lot of my ideas leading up to Forsaken got put into the game. And I'm not saying Bungie listened to me, but what I'm saying is, is if we're going to influence the conversation, a lot of people got on Twitter and Reddit and have been, and have been promoting ideas since, you know, since D2 launched. And if I can contribute to that conversation and get certain things on the table at Bungie, I'm going to do that. I'm not going to do things that they're going to be like, we can't possibly do that next. Like that's, I don't think that's as helpful. Uh... Magica Mitch says, Merry Frickmas. Thank you for 21 months of subs, dude. Thank you so much for keeping your Prime sub here. I greatly appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, and next question. Logic Love, why do you think Bungie isn't willing to roll uh, to roll Trench Barrel Perk into the pool? Um, it doesn't need to. It doesn't need to roll into the pool. 
I think that's a bit of a misconception of how perks should work. We should be asking for unique perks in the game that are powerful and having trench barrel be I'm going for headshots and don't need to having trench barrel be in the pool kind of dilutes it as a unique perk and as a strong perk if it can just roll on any freaking shotgun I'd rather have them you know put other perks on other weapons like fusions snipers or maybe even other shotguns slow fire rate shotguns do something to them so that there's viable options in PVE and you can just adjust according to your playstyle. So, hey Lono from uh, Voris. Hey Lono, I know this question has nothing to do with the talk, but with the new upcoming games, the Destiny community is not in a good position. Anyways, how do you think Destiny is going to survive Anthem with just a DLC release? The sa- like. It's going to survive the same way it did against Division. Oh, it's going to kill Destiny. It's going to survive the same way it survived against virtually every other game that was supposedly going to kill Destiny. Um, this That doesn't happen. It just doesn't happen. Anthem, Borderlands 3, whenever it finally lands, Division 2, none of these games are a threat to Destiny, right? Now, will player base numbers go down when those games come out? Sure, people like to try new games. That's that's completely and utterly natural. There is something special about Destiny that none of those games will ever fulfill. Number one, because they're third person, that grates against the immersion, and people just love the way Destiny feels. Caring about loot in Destiny is intrinsically linked to how that loot feels, and same thing with supers and, and everything else. So Division and Anthem already already have a hill to climb with a lot of people, just with respect to people that are like, I don't like third person. There's also the, the nature of Anthem not feeling like a shooter, but more of an abilities-driven game with guns in there as well and armor and different things. Like, I think Anthem's going to be a fine game. I just think Anthem's going to be way more niche than people think. I give Anthem a week before people that both streamers and gamers are like it's cool but not for me because I just think it's going to end up feeling more niche the way that Monster Hunter World felt niche cool, polished, awesome, quality game, great grind, not a threat to Destiny and not appealing to the masses Destiny is just in such a unique position, we've debated this a lot recently right the hardcore players that love the game as much as the so- as much as the more ca- I almost said softcore, as much as the more casual players right that Bungie's in such a unique position because of that. They get to hear from both sides of the community and both sides love their game and ravenously play it, okay? I don't know if other games to have that are ever going to have that appeal. Division did not appeal to the masses. Once people got into the end game, they were like, this isn't any good, this isn't any this is not fun, and then it appealed to a niche min-maxing hardcore audience. Monster Hunter World same deal and Anthem same deal. I, I, good games that I think are going to appeal to a niche base. A niche base, right? It's a new game. We don't know enough or have played anything like it to say that. I I don't. I can say whatever the frick I want and make whatever predictions I want. I don't need to play a game to make predictions. I didn't have to play Fallout 76 to say it was going to flop. It flopped. Like, I don't. I, I didn't have to play Monster Hunter World to see that it was going to be a niche game. I, you can watch it, right? Everything I've seen about Anthem, it looks like a quality game, and I'm making the prediction that it's going to be a niche game. It's not going to appeal to the broad audience that it's that it's marketing to. Think about it like this. Think about it like this. It's got EA's money and BioWare's name and all that behind it, 
and they're trying to appeal to a broad audience. I've not seen anything. I, I've not seen anything to tell me that it's going to appeal to a broad audience. Right? Uh, we knew Fallout was going to be a flop from the things we played and, and, and saw. I thought Fallout was in danger when we couldn't get straight answers from them about the game. I, I said I was concerned about that game before the beta. The beta just solidified my concerns. Oh, that's all that happened. The beta solidified my concerns. Like, I never once thought Fallout was in good shape. It was like, oh, this looks promising. But then the more E3 droned on, I was like, we're not getting straight answers to any of our questions at all. I was super concerned. Anthem? I mean, same deal, man. Like, I watched their presentation at E3. I watched the gameplay, and I'm just like, I'm not seeing a game that's going to appeal to a broad audience here. I'm seeing a game that looks cool, that has cool stuff in it, but that people are going to sort of shrug their shoulders to after a couple of weeks. Like, think about it like this. Think about it like this. How many games have done what Destiny has done? And then we, and then you can see why it's easy to make these predictions. How many games have captured both a casual and a hardcore player base that, like, fervently and passionately argues for their side of the game? Right? How many games have done it? It's just so rare. Usually, a game is either super casual and super easily just sort of flown through and dealt with, or it's grindy and has depth. Typically, if it's grindy and has depth, it doesn't appeal to a broad audience. People get to the point where they're like, I'm done, I'm out. Whether it's Diablo 3, Elder Scrolls Online, uh, or in this case, Anthem. So, and Warframe's another good example. Warframe's a, a great game and a great company, but it ends up appealing to, like, that that niche and that, like, narrow audience. And that's why I think I can make that prediction about Anthem. Now, if I'm 100% wrong and Anthem appeals to a broad audience and a hardcore audience, then they will be like not a Destiny killer, but they'll be the next game to kind of pull that off. That's not easy. That's just not easy to do. It, it, it's just one of those things where whenever you whenever you play a game, that accessibility and that fun factor is linked to so many things. It's linked to loot incentive. It's linked to, it's linked to the content loop being fun. You know what I mean? I respectfully disagree from what I've seen. It looks like the devs are passionate about Anthem. They've done tons of live streams lately. Might be wrong, uh, but I think it has a better chance than most. Yeah, but nothing that you just said tells me that it's going to appeal to a broad audience. Nothing that you just said tells me it's going to appeal to a broad audience. Sure, they're passionate. You know who else was passionate? The the gigantic uh, devs were, were, were very passionate and did tons of streams. Where the frick is gigantic? Right? I... I want them all to do great. Like, trust me, trust me. I stand to benefit if Borderlands 3, Division 2, and Anthem have broad appeal, but also really good grind and longevity. That's good for me. That's good for me. But I'm not going to sit here and be a fanboy and blow smoke up your butt and tell you that, oh yeah, Anthem's going to be amazing. It's going to be awesome. I'm telling you right now, those are my concerns. And by now, I should have some clout with you with respect to predictions about video games. I, I, I should have a little bit of clout with you. Just a little. <laughs> yeah, Lawbreakers. What did I... I told you. I told you guys what was going to happen to Lawbreakers. I played the tutorial, and I canceled my trip to LA. I played the tutorial for 10 minutes. So, 
Well, I, I want these games to be amazing. I do. They're great for me. They're great for what I do. Q&A, what we're doing right now, this format would work so, so well if Division 2 and Anthem are other Destiny-type games that have that that casual appeal and hardcore grind. Destiny just is like, it's this weird perfect storm. Kind of like how Fortnite was this perfect storm of like low entry point, casual appeal, but like high skill ceiling so people can play at the level of Tifu. Like, not a lot of games pull that off. It's very, very difficult. Very difficult. The reason it's difficult is because grind tends to grate against the the casual engagement. I want a new weapon. Well, if you want a new weapon, you got to do this. Okay. Well, I didn't get a new weapon. Do it again. Okay. Well, I didn't get a new weapon. Do it again. Do it again. Do it again. The hardcore player is like, this is great. Eventually, I'm going to get this orchid out of the forge. That's what Lono's doing, right? Eventually, Lono's going to get this orchid out of the forge that he wants. <laughs> right? The, the casual player is like, that's the stupidest thing ever, Lono. Why would you do that? Why would you play the same thing over and over and over again? But... They can boot up, run some strikes, run some patrols, feel awesome, do awesome things, and it's satisfying for them. And they can get drops along the way and feel and feel cool. That's 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 the that's the thread that that you gotta like put through the needle, and it's really difficult to do. Because if you create grind, grind typically is achieved through withholding things from the player. And if you withhold things from the player, casuals hate that and they don't play. Destiny is like in a, and this is why Destiny 2's launch was so jacked up because they basically only appealed to casuals and everything was just way too easily accessible. Finding that happy middle as we're experiencing right now in Forsaken, it's not easy, right? They created all this grind, they create all this loot, they create mods, they create random roles, and that creates all this grind for the hardcore players. But then the casuals kind of feel like they're getting left out. Why? Infusion costs and leveling speed is terrible. And so because of that, you have this weird contradiction in the game right now where there are people that are like, I just want to play and enjoy myself, and the game makes it difficult just to do the base level stuff. So I think a lot of people... Are a lot of game devs are really going to take the time and learn from what's going on with Destiny. How can you spin the plates? How can you spin the plates of casual accessibility and fun and hardcore grind and depth? How the frick do you do that? It is really, really freaking difficult, and not a lot of games pulled off. I farmed Doc Mercy for about four and a half hours. Yeah, dude. Yeah, Borderlands has that as well. Borderlands could be another good game if they pull it off, right? Because it has this really cool visual appeal. The guns look and feel amazing. The classes feel different when you play with them, different skill trees, etc. And so you can have fun as a casual player, but if you're a hardcore player, you can be like, oh, hey, I heard a rumor, such and such gun drops from this guy, and it can be really, really strong and really helpful in raids and game content you know raid boss fights etc so borderlands has the potential to offer that spectrum as well everybody just oh man borderlands is just so fun it's so funny to play and the guns look so cool but the hardcore players could go beyond that and really go for a you know a god roll double penetrating unkept herald and you know other 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 such weapons like that and that created that self-made depth and streamers pioneered a lot of that and and got and the forums for Borderlands 
got a lot of that off the ground because a lot of people weren't aware of those things. So sometimes it takes the cult following of the game to generate that intrigue and that interest because if you don't have people that are saying, this is why that infographic idea is so important for Destiny 2 because you're basically informing the player about all of the potential loot grind instead of just hoping they check Twitter, the Reddit, you know, the Reddit and forum areas and then streams to be like oh I can grind for what gun the warden see what I'm saying you gotta have that you gotta have that informed player base so even if even if these games offer that casual appeal and that depth of grind sometimes you know the casual players can transcend into hardcore but the game kind of has to educate them on those things and I, look, I, I, I'm telling you, just to come back full circle before going to the next question, I want Anthem to do well. I don't think it's going to do well on Twitch, and I don't think it's going to appeal to the broad audience, both for playing and for viewing. I give it, a, I give it less than a month of solvency on the platform. Uh, and if I'm wrong, great. We'll play the frick out of it. We'll have a blast. We'll create community. LFG. We'll do cool talks and cool Q&As. If I'm wrong, I benefit. <laughs> I benefit if I'm wrong. Uh, Maverick Orge Orage uh, says, "Should there be uh, on-screen help, quest like steps to make public events heroic?" Um, man, oh man, you could do something. You know, I don't know if you want to go too far into holding people's hands, but at this point, yeah, you could do something. You know, shoot this or do that thing or, or you know, whatever the case may be. You could definitely start, you know, educating the player base. I'd be okay with that. I'd be okay with that. I mean, they're just public events. They don't matter that much, but people could have more fun if they knew what they could do in them, I think. You know, oh, wow, I can do this heroic. I kind of wondered how you did that. You know, I only played for a couple hours on Friday, and now I know how to do it. Uh, Sneaky Buddy says, what do you think about how slow it feels, how slow it feels, and how slow we are getting content? Uh, I hate time-gated stuff. I'm fine with us having to do a lot of things or having a lot of things to do, but I just don't like the fact that I can't do things because Bungie says uh, so with no lore reasons. All right, here's the deal. Here's the deal. This has to do with what we were just talking about, okay? The only way they slow you down in a healthy way is by trickling and drip-feeding the content, Okay. If they slow you down by saying, okay, sneaky buddy, here's all the content, all the forges, all the guns, they're all in the game, have at it, right? And you're like, well, I don't want it to be easy. I don't. I want it to take time. Oh, okay, no worries. We'll make everything be really slow for you. Okay. <clears throat> slow for you, slow for the hardcore player is a hamster wheel for the rest of the player base. They're never going to get anywhere. So the only way to healthily slow down the hardcore player without putting the rest of the player base on what feels like a treadmill, the only way to do it is to drip feed and time gate stuff. As much as you hate it, if 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 you enjoy Destiny as hobby and you play daily and weekly, you want them to do this, you just don't realize it. You basically want to sit down each week and have a new weapon to try out and grind for, You just don't realize it. And I'm not trying to be, like, condescending or paternalistic. I just don't think you realize that, like, what you're asking for is give it to me all right now, and then I'm going to grind through it like crazy. Okay, well, they did that with the Taken King. 
and two to three two to three weeks later hardcore players were like sweet i'm done what's next and bungie's thinking that's the biggest content deliverable we've ever done and it took us a year to build basically or more we mean what the what do you what the frick do you mean you're freaking done like that's why drip feed is so important you literally are just going to burn through it like and if you're like well with random rolls i don't know i might it might you know i might i might spend more time than i did well no D, i mean forsaken i'm not, not i'm sorry not forsaken you know taken king had random rolls i mean we could go for things like that and it didn't matter so if you if you like destiny as hobby drip drip feed is what it you don't realize it but like you want drip feed this week, this is the new thing. This week, this is the new gun. This week, this is the new opened piece of content. Go for it. Like, ryth- I call it rhythmic urgency. This week, you can grind for this gun and this nightfall. This week, if they increase the drop rate of this gun in Gambit or that gun on the EDZ, like, you want all of those things, right? I'm done with this new weekly content by, like, Wednesday. Right, but, okay, it's six to one, half a dozen of the other right it's six of one half a dozen the other sure you're done by wednesday but then you've got something to do the next week you tune in you boot up you got your reset you got your new activities you got your new loot drops whatever instead of being like here's the alternative okay you're not done wednesday but you grind like an insane person for two weeks and then you have nothing to do until the next dlc do you think that's better like i i don't know Without a subscription fee and a completely new overhauled game with dedicated servers, I just don't think you can expect to constantly get new content fed to you at the rate that you play. It just doesn't work. You're, it just, they have tried, they have tried to just give you content for 20 or $30. And then two to three weeks later, everyone's done and wants more. I want the half dozen. I would argue... A drought at the end of the DLC is better than one at the end of every week. Well, then you are at odds with the philosophy from Bungie, and that's fine. You can have that opinion. You're not going to get what you want. In their vid docs and in their philosophy and vision casting for this game, they have said, we are moving towards not having a content drought. Your desires will not be met. Your philosophy is not in line with their philosophy for the game. And truth be told... I think this is a superior system because it keeps people playing and coming back week after week, which is better than, and it's, it's less risky. It's way more risky, right? It's way more risky for you to say, I'm done and I got to wait three weeks, three months, two months, however long it takes you to get done. It's pretty risky for Bungie to just hope like, well, they'll, maybe they'll come back. But if they trickle and keep you interested in all the way until the bitter end, right? January, there's the last word exotic thing. And then in December, there's crimson. I'm sorry, in February, there's crimson days. If they keep giving you that little dopamine injection every once in a while, you're coming back to get to, ah, ooh, that shader's cool. Ooh, that ship's cool. Like you're coming back every once in a while. You're far more likely to keep playing. You're way less likely to keep playing if you're like, eh, I've not played Destiny in months. I don't know if I want to come back and play. You know, it's just been too long. I don't really care. I don't even know what guns I have. I don't even know what guns are good. Like, I just think this way is is just, I don't know, it's better. I get your frustrations, but the truth be told, you're going to be frustrated and probably complain either way because you just play at a rate that they can't keep up with. 
they can't keep giving you new content it's just is impossible so you're either going to complain because of the drought or you're going to complain because it's time gated and i think bungie just says it's better to have people invested and playing and complaining than than people that are indifferent right indifference is the death of a game it's the death of a game if you're indifferent you you just put the game down and you don't come back right all right, cool. See ya. Bye. And then that's the end of the, that's the end of the matter. If you're frustrated by the time-gated stuff but you keep coming back, that's better. I said this when I talked about some of our complaints like when people were like, "I don't like this format, guys. I know the overlay is going to be messed up for just a second. Like, I don't like this format. I don't like that format. I don't like this thing and this gun. I don't this gun's overpowered. This gun's too strong. Blah 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 blah." I said this about D1. I'd rather have a player base that's angry and complaining but engaging than indifferent. So, Juicebox, Lono, I had this thought the other day and was wondering your thoughts. What if Bungie added curated armor drops to the loot pool? Instead of getting linear fusion loader and rocket reserves, you could get a low chance to get improved linear fusion loader and improved linear fusion scavenger. Right, so there's a synergy, right? Right, right, right. Yeah, th- this is something that I think they could lean into. I've talked about this before. Curated armor loadouts is exactly this. There would be a synergy between the perks, and then again, this this could work well with the. This is the this is the high tr- this this curated role has a high drop chance uh, this week. You know, I would I would say that that would be it. Do we have to wait for it to open to throw it? Is that why it bounces off sometimes? Is there like an animation that that was weird? I thought it only opened at the end, or does it open when we hit it? Does it open every 10 or something? Maybe it was just doing the animation because I just got here, and it was doing the initial animation even though 10 had already been thrown in it. That was odd. Uh, DJ May 88. So yeah, a curated armor loadouts is something I touched on already in this talk and in other videos. I think they need to do it. It adds more things to chase more grind. DJ May 88, you talked about helping SMGs by moving them to the energy slot. What would you do for sidearms? Same thing. Give them energy bullets and make them way stronger uh, in PvE. Now, you don't need to make them stronger. You probably don't want to make them stronger uh, in Crucible. But in PvE, yeah. Yeah, it opens and closes whenever you're going to the next round. So I think because I got here late, the game just said, we need to show him the animation. Why do you think from home Twitch, why do you think they chose to have Ada only offer frames for a single forge in a given week? Because they like rhythmic urgency. Now we heard somebody say that the new forge you can grind for any of the weapons. I don't know if they ever in chat told us where they heard that information. I highly doubt that's true. And if it is true, it's very confusing. Why would you funnel everybody to the final one? Unless the final one is 650, and then that's the trade-off. You work your way to that one, and the trade-off is it's harder, but you can grind for any gun there. I could see them doing that. When you want to just focus on the Orchid, you just focus on the Go Fanon Forge. But if you want to have the ability to grind for all of them, maybe? I'm not actually sure why they would do that, but... um. They like rhythmic urgency. They like you chasing something for a week, and then if you don't get it, you got to come back the next time. They did that with Faction Rally. They do that with Nightfall-specific rewards. I think they need to lean into that heavily with all the planets, all the old gear, everything. Everything should have a weekly featured 
increase drop chance gambit should do it crucible should do it the planet should do it all of it and then then put it right there on the put it right there on the director to educate the player base you that's just a freaking home run winner and it, it can't be that hard to do the guns are in the game and increasing their drop rate week to week is something that they can do uh maybe even if you don't if you can't increase their drop rate if you can't increase their drop rate per planet then make it with do it the same way we do with ada do it the same way with ada what do you do you go to drifter and you buy a thing that week and it gives you it gives you a uh after so many gambit games it drops a parcel do it again grab it from drifter so many games drops a parcel right grab a thing from devrim k so many things so many activities on the edz drops a it drops a uh it drops of uh an old-fashioned right that way they don't have to tweak drop rates just put it in the game the same way they did with ada put it in the exact same way and then you on your own can go and say all right give me this thing i'm gonna do i am sorry about the stomping upstairs my children just got home and it's gonna be chaos for it's the pre-lunch uh circus uh, upstairs so i apologize so the you do it you do it the same way you do with ada you don't even have to mess with drop rates bungie just put a little token in there it's like a it's like a mini quest the same way with ada I think that'd be a great, great way uh, to, again, add all that loot, add all that stuff to chase. Each week, it's a little something different. So you're mad you can't do the hand cannon this week with Ada? No worries. There, there's another gun maybe you're interested in in Gambit. There's another gun you're interested in on Nessus, you know? So that would be... that. that I just That is such a huge, gigantic win. I, I, again... The NPCs, all the way back a year ago, December of 2017, I said the NPCs in this game are an enormous, untapped piece of potential. Why am I not leveling up my my EDZ rank and getting cooler things from Devrim K or mods specific to the EDZ? You know, why am I not getting those things? Why is that not an NPC rank, you know, value system of grind? Why, like, I just, you just don't understand why they haven't done it. I don't, I don't know. So... Rusty, how do you feel about Bungie seemingly glacial space for sandbox updates? Oh, you're saying the updates are far apart. Catalyst stuck in factions, but there's no faction events. One-Eyed Mask is OP for months with no fix. Um, I mean, One-Eyed Mask being being strong for months with no fix. I mean, come on, man. Like, it was an exotic that launched with Forsaken. Like, they're trying to give us as much content as possible. Like, I, they can't babysit every exotic that is troublesome and crucible. You wanted a saucy, strong crucible? You got it. Deal with it. Like, it could be boring and the weapons could suck and be weak like they were in double primary. Like, you know what I mean? I don't know. Is this enough to charge it? No. No, I, I, I can return to Ada. Sorry. I was like, what? I was like, why is there still one on the ground? Okay. Um, other studios can update their games weekly or monthly and Bungie seems unable to do substantial sandbox updates for over four to six months. Like, I get your frustration and I get your question, but just accept that this is the game that we love. Kirkmania, thanks for the brand new Prime sub. I mean, Hamrick said in the most recent TWAB, they're going to do everything they can to do try to do a monthly update. But just accept the fact that this game can't get updated quickly. I'm not making excuses. I've just accepted that. It's a bummer. It's a bummer that fusions and snipers still suck and they're still weak and they're on Bungie's radar. That sucks, but like I, the, the game they built, the engine they use, the dev tools they have, they can't do stuff super quickly. It's just the way that it is. Like I it's a bummer and it's been like this since the heavy ammo glitch in in D1, you know? It's just it's just 
just the way that it is. My wife was sending me pictures of Christmas stories, and hopefully she just made decisions without me because I was doing Q&A. Sorry, babe. I didn't realize what she was trying to do. She was trying to get me books for the Merry Frickmas special. Sneaky Buddy, like I said, I'm fine with the time gate if it's for lore reasons. Right now, they don't have any lore reasons why we can't go to the new Forge or get the new loot, ETC. So what do they think they could do to please more people about it? And even if the drip feed uh, they have right now, the casual player can't even keep up. Well, they're making, they're trying to keep the casual player caught up. They're making, getting to 600 is faster, right? They're trying to get people to 600 faster. And I think the thing that's up next is infusion. They're making, if you're under 600, primes are dropping more often with bigger jumps and your um, and your milestones are having bigger, bigger jumps. They're streamlining that aspect of the game because they realize it's a problem. So I'm, I'm not going to go round and round with you. Drip feed is superior. They don't want content droughts. If your expectation is something different, you're going to have to accept the fact that Bungie has shifted away from big, big deliverables that get burned through in three weeks and everybody whines about droughts. Like, oh, they still have droughts? Not nearly as many as they used to. Not nearly as many as they used to. So, I am, uh, I'm not all that concerned. I think it's, I think it's a better way forward. Nova Hands. Hey, Lono, how much do you think weapon balance plays into the decision to not just dump all the year one weapons into the random rolls loot pool? I'd love to go back to year one raids and grind all that stuff. Here's, here's what I'm going to say. Okay. Here's what I'm going to say. I don't care about balance anymore. I don't. If people get ticked in the crucible because there's some god roll hand cannon on Nessus and it's really, really strong, guess what's going to happen? People will play, complain, rant, and rave, and then they'll go and try and get the weapon. Like, that's better than sitting on your hands and sitting on a golden egg. Like, I would much rather than be like, we're just gonna go nuts, guys. We're just gonna go crazy. Everything's got random rolls and mods. Oh no, what about balance? Would you shut the frick up and let us do fun stuff? You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying that to you, Nova Hands. But like, just go nuts and then pick the pieces up as they fall. Like, I, like I said, isn't it better to have a saucy crucible where everybody's mad about OP this, OP that, but they're still playing. If you had one-eyed mask, you'd be using it. To Tell me you wouldn't. You know, Shards of Galanor too. Like, I... It'd be so much better. It'd be so much better for the game for people to have tons of stuff to chase and tons of power. And then they could be like, whoops, the old fashioned is stupid with this role and these perks. We're going to have to temper down some of this. Now you run the risk of ticking people off who farm for a really good old fashioned and then you nerf it, right? That's a risk that you take. But wouldn't you rather have players who feel somewhat annoyed that you're nerfing their prized weapon that if they're honest and admit it's, you know, it's OP. Like, let's say, for example, the Orchid, because it can roll with Kill Clip and Rampage, they do something, they do something to it to make that less effective or something. Maybe they say, okay, we're still going to let you stack the perks, but whenever Kill Clip is active, we're going to have it override rampage times three so it can only stack on top of times two or something i don't know if they do that people are going to be ticked people that spent hours grinding for that version of the gun are going to be angry but at the same time and i'm not i don't i don't know if they're going to do that but they might right they might say yeah this is too strong but like i would much rather them say everything has the potential to get random rolls and mods now have a ball and then a month later something kind of unearths that's too strong that they have to deal with at the time I would much rather have that than what we have now. 
a bunch of weapons that mean nothing that are just sitting planets and loot pools and armor pools that no one gives a frick about in a loot based game you have all these weapons that are just kind of chilling there I originally didn't want random rolls to come to all the old weapons because I was just like, you want people focusing on the new stuff. But now that we've kind of come full circle, it's like, you might as well do it and just give people the freedom to use what they want and feel like, yeah, this this gun's awesome. This gun's got this potential. I'm going to go for this one next. You know, instead of what we have now, which is what feels like a really, really small pool. And then all the old stuff just feels like left behind, you know. And again, if you just keep constantly worrying about PvP balance and you keep not pulling the ripcord on ideas, I mean, eventually I think you're going to just end up with a game that feels like it's not that far removed from the boring double primary era where every gun is basically the same. Every gun is basically the same perks. Every gun is basically the same perk and mod combinations because we don't want Crucible to be too broken, you know? If you don't want Crucible to be broken, you're just always going to hem in the perks and hem in the perk combinations to the point that it just starts to kind of get boring again. Shield Disruptor and Disruption Break are good perk ideas. Why? Because if you make them really strong and make them really dope, they could be viable options for energy primaries, but then you wouldn't break Crucible with them. That's another thing they could do, too. Last question from Cal Cudaho. Although... I would eventually want matchmaking for pinnacle activities. I think some prerequisites are required. For example, in-game chat should be good enough to be used instead of Discord. Would you prefer if Bungie took a season of time to improve the game in general? Uh, I'll take that last question from Infamous too. Don't delete questions mods, please. Uh, Which can eventually lead to more features being introduced. I mean, you're prioritizing something that is not a front-burner issue right now, man. It's not a front-burner issue. Like increasing the audio quality in games in 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 the game why like the party system on sony and the party system on xbox works fine has good audio quality and most of the content most of the communities on playstation anyway and then there's more people on xbox than, than pc and pc users are just accustomed to using discord this is not a front burner issue it just isn't uh, infamous. The thing is, One-Eyed Mask isn't even OP. You still have to hit your shots and be decent at Crucible. You think Bungie should just not listen to the people that complain about everything good? I mean, every time they do, they get backlash from the majority of the community like supers. They're supposed to be OP. That's why they are super. Bungie needs to let loose and let us have fun. I agree with you, but, okay, but, if one super is undeniably stronger than every other super right then you've got to look at it 